Hello, welcome to Spirit Matters, spiritmatterstalk.com and Spirit Matters Talk on our YouTube channel. We uh, are continuing a series of interviews without my venerated co-host, Dennis Ramundi, who's dealing with things and uh, will be joining us probably the next time around. Today's guest, we'll try to get the pronunciation right, is Mahil Klerk. Mahil is a social entrepreneur, a licensed mental health therapist, international speaker, author, and a dream worker, trained as a Jungian psychologist and uh, in the spiritual and therapeutic value of dreams. He has studied the world, traveled the world, studying the healing and dream technologies of other cultures, especially in Africa, where he was born. He's the founder of the Jung Society of Utah and of Jung Platform, an online teaching organization. And he's here today to talk about his new book, Dream Guidance, Connecting to the Soul Through Dream Incubation. Welcome, Mahil. Thank you for having me, Philip. I've been looking forward to this. Very good. Let's begin where we usually begin on Spirit Matters um, with a new guest. Please share with us an, uh, as brief a form as you can your own spiritual journey. How did you get started on your path? How did you end up becoming Jungian? Anything you'd like to tell us about your journey? Yeah. Um, well, I think the door to the world of spirit opened up really um, not knowingly to me at that age. I was 10. And my father died relatively sudden uh, due to an, uh, an operation that didn't go well. And uh, that uh, uh, caused such a massive heart uh, heartache and heartbreak and life uh, became dark uh, uh, since that uh, only uh, changed in my early 20s when I, by some uh, fortunate uh, coincidence, stum stumbled upon the works of Carl Jung, who gave a... Uh, a way of seeing the world and a way of being and engaging with dreams that was really life uh, enhancing and gay started giving insights in or and ponderings about life and death and the other side and um, and just uh, a sense of purpose and coming into the world with a purpose and having a shadow that I was uh, living out and having all kinds of uh, uh, unhelpful, uh, addictive uh, behaviors and depressive behaviors as a way of managing that uh, that heartbreak and uh, uh, connecting to the world of spirit helped me uh, get to terms with it. And this was really how that world opened up to me through a massive uh, heartbreak. And then in that heartbreak, I found uh, um, a lifeline uh, and a thread of life that I've been holding on ever since and have uh, has been uh, very helpful to, to me. And that's also partly why I wrote the book is 
it, it did so much for me that I had a sense of, oh, I want to offer a suggestion on how to connect uh, to a sense of soul or a sense of purpose through dreams. So that's in a nutshell how uh, that opened up. Uh, since you uh, mentioned Jung and, and he was such a big influence on your life, let, before we get into the substance of your book, hmm. I'd like to ask you about Jung. And um, for my admittedly limited exposure to him, um, he was one of the few psychologists, certainly in his day, certainly in the uh, psychoanalytic school, that took spirituality seriously, that saw something beyond the usual framework uh, that psychoanalysis uh, operated from. And he famously had a split with uh, Freud. Um, can you tell, tell us a bit about Jung and his uh, take on spirituality, which was way ahead of its time, as I recall. And uh, was that the reason or a reason for that split with Freud? Yeah, indeed. Uh, uh, Jung uh, saw a an, an relationship to the world of spirit or a spiritual relationship as uh, fundamental to uh, one's life. And he thought that almost any problem, especially in the second half of life, could be... Uh, almost uh, brought back to a lack of a spiritual relationship, a lack of meaning and, uh, and, and how to yeah, refine the sense of, of meaning in that way. And I, I, I remember also he, he termed these uh, things like the collective unconscious and, and realm that we all share and that we're connected to just like waves on the ocean. We are the wave. The ocean is the collective unconscious that we all share and, and that could also be seen as the realm of spirit. And um, he developed even this, this way of, uh, of, 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 say, curing or finding a, some form of a cure for addiction, where he said it's actually the search for spirit that people try to find in the bottle. But if they have a real spiritual life, that's, that's the only real thing that can cure alcoholism for the long term and became also the foundation of Alcoholics Anonymous. And uh, yeah, so the, he, he was. Yeah, spirit was was essential in uh, in his thinking. And and it was it, he was from a, a very a traditional um, Protestant culture. Yeah. But he, uh, especially you know, for the early part of the twentieth century, he was really open to um, the spiritual traditions of, of the East and wrote a lot about them, um, which is how I came to uh, appreciate him. Um, the, that was, a, was that a big influence on him? Was he also uh, influenced spiritually by the, his, his own Christian tradition? Yeah, very, very much so. His, his dad was actually a uh, minister. Ah. And uh, so he was grown up in that tradition. And at that time, Swiss, where he, he, he lived at the late 1900s when he was a child, uh, was uh, um, yeah was 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 very homogeneously Protestant, so that the whole culture was influenced uh, by it, and uh, he really had in his own crack uh, by after which he he took on this kind of spiritual journey in himself, which he later called which he wrote down in the Red Book, and 
he called that the, the confrontation with the unconscious, and that uh, that opened him up. And then all these other traditions started to validate his own experience. And he said, "Oh, look, in alchemy you have the same, or in the Tao you have it, and Hinduism these." These sim- people go through similar experiences, and that uh, it helped him tremendously. And he gave the West a Western way of thinking about itself, but also thinking about other cultures and seeing how what we can learn from them. Speaking of which, um, your focus, at least in this book, and probably in much of your uh, work as a therapist. Um, is in uh, the use of dreams. To what extent are dreams considered useful uh, methodologically, I guess you would say, uh, uh, or for whatever reason, uh, in the spiritual paths of other cultures, other than in the world of uh, depth psychology you you've studied a lot of this and i'd love to hear uh, your take on on the use of dreams yeah no, it's it's a great question um it it varies a little bit from culture to culture almost uh, any shamanic culture has a, a way of connecting to the dreams and see the dreams as a way by which spirits or the divine or ancestors engage with uh, with humans and can be of support and help or guidance or warning an individual. Very often, um, those cultures will really see the dream as an other world, a world that coexists next to this world, is interconnected, and we can relate to the beings that live in this other world. That's uh, uh, at the base of, uh, of uh, actually any shamanic tradition. Then what you see more in the Eastern tradition, or at least what I've seen more in the Eastern traditions, is that uh, um, it's uh, also used as a as an path to enlightenment, but then more, in, uh, especially in, in, in Tibetan Buddhism, where um, the understanding of how, uh, how, how the world of dream is created and uh, how that, uh, which mechanisms form there, and, and, and because the, the dream is a world we find ourselves in at night and is actually created by mind, our own mind. And so how does mind portray this world? And there are all kinds of these mechanics, uh, dynamics in it, like it's your belief system and your karma or complexes. And this world we live in right now is, is somewhat co-created in a similar way. And by understanding how the dream world is created we learn about the nature of this reality and we become more aware and more in tune with the true nature of reality and in buddhism one of the paths is that can lead them to enlightenment interesting so, um you your book dream guidance uh, in the subtitle you ref- you use the term dream incubation can you explain the use of that term incubation and what you mean by it? Yeah, dream incubation is the old method of asking your dream a question before you go to sleep in order for you to have a helpful dream. 
And some people in, in some cultures would ask Allah for guidance or the spirit guide or the dream or the divine or Asclepius or whatever name people have given throughout history to some mysterious force that seems to live in and beyond the dream. And uh, almost any spiritual and religious uh, tradition around the world has noticed that you can petition that, that mysterious force for help and guidance on your life path. And um, the process of doing that is called dream incubation. Did Jung call it that? Yes. Yeah. Huh. You know, in, in the research on creativity uh, that I had to follow, there's a, 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 they use the term incubation in, in almost a similar way, not with respect to dreams, although mm -hmm. the, often the, the creative impulse can come in a dream, but they use it for the time uh, between the, the conscious engagement with a problem or a you know, creative project, and then the getting away from it, and then the inspiration coming uh, at some point during that time of incubation. Is that similar? It's yes. just sort of with the unconscious doing the work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is very similar. And uh, uh, that uh, that method also works very well, and um, and you can do it. You you can compress it in in the time frame of asking before you go to bed a question or incubate it, and that pressure is very important uh, um, to uh, to to trigger this response in a dream, and it can be done for creative problems, uh, uh, health problems, the old Greek. People did it even for physical problems. Um, a whole set of questions we can we can incubate and 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 find ways to trigger the unconscious to uh, to respond. In the book, you have a uh, five step process to uh, help uh, people have an what you call an incubation dream. Yeah. You want to go through those five steps for us? Yes. Step one, and I can maybe do it uh, by sharing an example. Please. Step, step one is uh, uh, really uh, identifying that you have an, an question. And uh, so we all have, uh, have questions. We carry almost constantly uh, some form of a question. But the first is really uh, noticing, what shall I ask? And... Uh, uh, you want to preferably ask something that's really relevant to your to your life path. So if I ask, what did the neighbor have uh, for dinner yesterday? The dream is like, uh, I'm not going to respond to that. <laughs> but if we uh, ask, uh, how can I be uh, a more loving person? Or how can I, um, uh, what is one type of food that is healthy for me to eat? Or... I love to bring my creative project uh, further into the world, or I'm stuck with this character in my book or anything that's really relevant to you. That's a great question to ask. And uh, not uh, so long ago, there was this man that came to me. He said, I've been uh, divorced for a year and I would love to go. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm dating again, but it doesn't really flow well. He said, can I ask, how can I find a, a new partner? Yeah, it's a great question. It's relevant. It's heart-based. 
you probably want to look a little bit at what is your intention in it, because finding the right intention is really helpful. And uh, he took a little bit of time. And then, uh, so step one was, that's that's the topic I want to ask a question. The second uh, part is formulating the right question. And that's really important. So uh, make it one question at a time. I uh, uh, saw this this morning from someone who said, how can I be a good mother and a good business leader? Uh, then you get a dream and it's going to be really difficult to figure out which part of the dream is responding to mother and which one to the business leader or do they both? And, and that's difficult. So if you just say, how can I be a better mother? Great. How can I be a better business leader? Great. So this, uh, this person actually was pondering about it and I thought, you know, actually what I really want to know is what is my biggest obstacle in dating? And it's a, that's a great question. It's one question at a time. It's open-ended. What is my biggest obstacle in dating? Then step three is write it down because for some reason we'll forget uh, sometimes the question and the dream responds to the question. Write it down and then uh, in order to build that pressure, do some form of a ritual because actually pressure creates uh, our experience. If I have a lot of pressure around anxiety, I will have a lot of anxious thoughts. If I pressure my question, I, the likelihood of having an, the dream respond to it increases. Therefore, it's important to take something that's important to you because the pressure is already there. And you can do that through a ritual. And with ritual, I really mean take some time to either dance it, sing it, uh, make a drawing. This man made a drawing of a heart, put a question mark on it, wrote to the dream, and that was his ritual. Then uh, step four, go to bed, meditate maybe for one or two minutes on your question, sleep, and then step five, write down the dream upon waking, because these dreams evaporate very easily, and then uh, then work on it. And this, uh, so that's the, those are the five steps. The ritual part, does that, do you recommend they do that b right before going this to bed? Well, I, I, I think actually the ritual is best to do it, stretch it out over the whole process. So even thinking about your question, light a candle, say, dream, I'm uh, planning to engage with you. I would love to have your support for my health. It's so important for me. And, uh, and, and then talk to it. If I'm more healthy, it's easier for me to deliver my gift to community, to help my neighbors, to be more happy. And then, uh, uh, then the whole journey becomes one, one big ritual in which you add elements as drawing, talking, praying, whatever it is. If you want to cook and make a meal and give something to, to the spirit, also good. Something that, uh, that you think of. Two questions uh, related. One, um, it, it sounds on the surface that you do this before going to sleep. And mm -hmm. assuming you remember your dream in the morning, you work with that. How you work with it, I want to come back to. Mm -hmm. Might it happen? Might something come in a dream two nights later? 
a week later? Might it come during the waking state? As yeah, yeah, great, great question. I, I give in that also a lot of thought. What I've noticed in my own life and with the people I work with is that people sometimes say, hey, I didn't have a dream, but I knew what to do upon waking. Ah. Uh, or, hey, I didn't know, but then my uh, nephew called and told me just the thing I needed to know. So it's almost like synchronicity starts conspiring to, to bring that, that answer towards you. So yeah, it can come. And, and I uh, uh, made, if it's really important, I will ask several nights in a row if I don't get a question. I, I stop after three nights, but that's, that's completely arbitrary. And, uh, um, but it can come later as well, yeah. Then there's the obvious question. Uh, anybody who's ever uh, taken psychology 101 or has had uh, therapy knows that dreams require interpretation. That yes. They're, they're another reality, uh, presumably uh, symbolic. Um, so we get into the, the uh, naughty question of how does the person interpret the dream to derive benefit from it? Yeah, uh, fantastic question. And uh, um, I thought about it a, a lot because uh, um, there's so many ways that people engage with uh, with a dream, and uh, and and multiple ways might be uh, might be very right. So, um, what I one way that I suggest for people to work with it is instead of asking the question, "What does this mean?" which is usually the most classic question people ask, is what is happening? Mm. Because with the question, what is happening, you get a storyline. And the storyline usually uh, answers something of your, uh, of, of your question, especially with these dream incubation questions. Like, what does it look like for me to go to, uh, to, to move to Hawaii? If I see uh, someone driving a car, swirling around to, on the road and then falling off the cliff, I can say, oh, what's happening? Oh, someone falls off the cliff. Uh, there's an accident. Doesn't, it's not a, a great prediction. And um, uh, the example of this man who asked this question about what's my biggest obstacle in my, my dating life had a dream. He said, I'm driving through a tunnel in my car. I first think I see a mountain lion Yet when I get closer, I see it's a tiger. It's beautiful, but I get really scared. I slam on the brakes and I back out. Now, if you would ask the question, what does it mean? You very quickly get to what's the tunnel, what's the car, what's the, or the tiger? And then you look it up and you get these confusing uh, uh, <laughs> Google responses. <laughs> Yet if he, if he asked what is happening and then he wrote, I'm, 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 I'm driving along, I'm moving through life. It's a little bit of an interpretation. But he says, then I see something that I find really beautiful. And when I see that uh, really beautiful uh, being, I get really scared in the dream and I slam on the brakes and I back out. And then it is the question, hey, where in your dating life do you see something that is beautiful, that scares you and you back out? And, uh, and, and you can find that pattern most likely. Yeah, and I can see where uh, a person might take the tunnel symbol in 
if 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 the question was what does it mean, you get stuck yeah. on on the tunnel symbol. Yeah, for for example, yes, that's very interesting. Um, what happened with the that man? What well, did, what, what did he then do? How did yes. he operationalize this insight? Yeah. So, on one hand, it's the it's the it's the start of uh, of a journey in the, in the dream uh, incubation journey, and so now he knows. Uh, I get uh, I get fear when I get fearful. I, I I slam on the brakes. I back out, and so then you can uh, go back in the dream and sense a little bit. What is it like seeing the tiger, and then you get a sense of oh uh, the tiger. Uh, Oh, it's really beautiful, but oh, I, I feel my throat uh, 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 choke up, and I, I already noticed my body moves back, and I, I, I start having this move, movement. And when he he starts uh, uh, just sitting in that energy for a couple of minutes at a time, he will be able to notice when that is happening, because it happens more or less unconscious for him. He sees it, boom, he's gone. So he wants to really have a slower awareness like oh i get really scared oh yeah when i get scared i i, I want to back out okay can i sustain this that will give him more awareness and an opportunity to start making different decisions and uh yeah that that will take that will take him some work but that's part of the work for him now presumably that man in that example uh had you to help him yeah. in a therapeutic context or whatever. In a book, people presumably will read your instructions, try it out, and they don't have you to help them interpret the story in the dream or to decide on the next step. Yeah. Um, so somebody hearing you now poses a question to... Uh, before going to bed to the divine or to the unconscious, however it works out uh, or however it's interpreted, mm -hmm. and then has a dream. How does that person uh, feel confident in, in not necessarily interpreting it, but, but using the dream and presumably one wants to come away with a lesson. And we all know that in our lives, we often learn the wrong lessons <laughs> as opposed to, you know, the, the yeah. lesson that we should hear yeah. instead of the yeah, one yeah. we want to hear. Uh, how, do, how, do, how do people deal with all those dynamics? Yeah. So first thing I, I encourage people to make sure you write down the dream because Half the dreams are actually pretty straightforward with this method. People go like, oh, uh, they ask, what does it look like to move to another city or take this job? And then either you see a, a car crash or you see flowers coming out of the ground. You get it. Um, so that half is, is relatively easy. The other, uh, uh, the other half is that uh, that's just, uh, you think, just is gibberish. And uh, and and uh, so make sure you write it down because 
but what it usually is, it, it is information from a from an angle that you hadn't thought of before, and usually you're stuck. So you this is this is something new, and uh, then uh, um, just let it uh, simmer. Come back in a couple of hours later, you read it again. Maybe your own intuition will your own intuition will also want to help you. If it's in 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 service of you becoming more kind or loving or aware. There's something in us that 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 supports that, and that that tries to support also after the fact, or read it to your partner or a friend, and they they might mirror something back if you if you don't get it. And I think that asking the question, what is the experience or what is happening, will also often get you pretty far. And if you puzzled on it and you let it simmer for a day and you still don't get it. I sometimes tell the dream also, like, if it's a very important dream, I'm very flattered that you think so highly of me, but <laughs> this was way too complex. Please dumb it down for me. And then uh, sometimes uh, the dream uh, uh, helps it. And sometimes I think the dream wants us to puzzle better or find an angle or, yeah. Are some people better at this than others or let me or maybe better isn't the right word does the method uh is it more useful for certain kinds of people and other people have difficulty with it what are the sort of factors that uh, play into this well <clears throat> what uh, at harvard university they tested this method on the students and uh, uh, what they noticed is that uh, the students that uh, they had a panel of people analyzing, looking at the dreams, seeing if it made sense. And what they noticed is that the people that asked a question that was either emotionally irrelevant or of medical nature would have, an, uh, uh, would have a high uh, response rate in getting an understandable answer. If questions were too conceptual or uh, not uh, personally relevant, either no dream or uh, a dream that they couldn't uh, really figure out. So it's, it's maybe not even uh, who the person is, but more the intent and the nature of the question. So if it's something is really, you've been working on it, you're stuck, it would be really good for you to know something in you on a certain moment is willing to give a clue. And so is motivation part of people with a strong motivation, a strong need to, to know something or learn something, are they more likely to get results than yeah. people who are yeah. indifferent? Or Right, right. Yeah, indifference uh, um, doesn't do well with this technique. And intent. Yep. Intent. Seems to matter. What is it? What about if somebody um, somebody has uh, selfish or greedy or uh, narcissistic intentions and wants some help from the dream world? Uh, does that uh, is the response different from somebody who has a more noble aspiration? Yeah, it's a great question. And the first time uh, uh, people really started asking me that was in South Africa. 
So I'd been doing this for, for several years. And then they were like, can you ask uh, for evil uh, purposes? Yeah. And uh, um, first I thought, why, why would you do that? But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, uh, what, it, what it appears like is that uh, this, uh, this phenomenon is uh, uh, very non-judgmental. So it does give opportunity uh, to uh, to do uh, things that, uh, from a moral point of view, aren't uh, aren't very helpful, and uh, and it even uh, can give some uh, some suggestions. Just like the, I assume that the criminal who's planning some uh, something will have an intuition on how to do this best, or the drug dealer feels like uh, the police is coming. So somehow. They uh, have uh, also an intuition that warns them, that helps them, and uh, um, so it it is possible. I uh, think that uh, this works that way, and I can only encourage if you, yeah, you you get just more paranoid and all kinds of other unhelpful side effects because there are side effects to these paths. Uh. <clears throat> So is it possible, in your experience, have people um, look to dreams for selfish or uh, uh, cruel purposes and been warned not to in the dream? Been steered away from an intention or a plan? Well, I haven't uh, worked with a person actively to help them ask such a question, mm. but uh, I've seen uh, that I've worked a long time with addicts mm. and I once in a while uh, go to an, uh, an, an addiction clinic to work with uh, um, the, the, the people there. And, and then we'll ask the question is, what is one thing I can do to stay sober? And then they get all kinds of different uh, answers to that. And the, and the internal compassionate counselor knows that knows that very well. But what, what I've seen with addicts, for example, is that very often in regular dreams, they might encounter a person that, sa that says, you shouldn't be doing this. Or they uh, go into a one-way street and the police comes and, say, and, and, and tries to get them back. Or um, they, uh, uh, people are standing like this when they're driving their car. So it, it seems that something in us does give a signal, hey, you're, this is the direction you're moving into. Then, and then I think there's free will that we can choose that, but it, it looks like that um, we do get feedback on our, it, it, that's probably it, we get feedback on our activities and we need to decipher whether it's helpful or unhelpful. And when a person gets uh, an answer, a, a discernible answer, and uh, it points to uh, a change of behavior or a certain kind of uh, reform in one's life, yeah. um, do people, does believing in this process matter? A lot when it comes to putting it into practice. Yeah, it does. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I've seen people get uh, get really remarkable dreams, and they think, "Well, that's clear. 
that's really kind of uh, this mystery to tell you these things. And then they just don't really do it. Mm. And, I, and, and I can see how you, yeah, you don't put the same, you don't put a value in it that I think it has. Mm. Or it's uh, not a direction they find easy to, uh, to go. Yeah. Yeah, or, or, or just don't believe it, or uh, yeah, yeah, some some things, yeah. Um, thank you for for being real about that. As <laughs> I'm sure uh, there's a great variation. Uh, we don't have that much time left, but coming back to Carl Jung, uh, you founded something called the Jung Platform. Uh, tell us about that. I, it, from what I saw, it, it's uh, there's a lot of material on there for people who want to uh, delve deep, more deeply into Jungian thought and uh, processes. Tell us about it. Yeah, it, that was an, uh, an uh, that came forth out of a, a spontaneous uh, dream I had at night that I took as a, uh, I, I saw Carl Jung building a a platform attached to his yard in the in the water. And then Jung and the platform disappeared while I was looking at it. And a voice behind me said, now you have to draw it, identical to how it was. And I think I can draw. I make a line more straight than I think I can uh, draw. And then I woke up and I thought, what if I uh, take this somewhat symbolically and I, I, I draw, I create a platform for uh, Jung uh, and Jungian psychology but that builds further on Jung or that um, yeah, it's not dogmatic. So it takes like Jung, all kinds of tradition into account that honor a spiritual world. And uh, so I started at first with a nonprofit in Utah. To my own surprise, people, uh, hundreds of people showed up for, uh, for these lectures. And then I took these, uh, some of these lectures and new programs and created uh, the Jung platform where we provide uh, introduction and uh, intermediate programs on Jungian psychology, like the shadow, and we have a free summit coming up on the shadow, or um, archetypes, synchronicity, how to get into your myth, but also family karma or some Buddhist thought or African shamanism for just accessible programs for the general public to take into their life something that uh, i hope that uh, yeah, gives them sense of meaning and purpose what's the uh, website jung platform j-u-n-g platform.com dot com you just mentioned karma one quick question before we yeah. go um did jung write about karma what did he think about that yeah he um in this uh, uh somewhat autobiography he writes in uh, in his uh in i think in in the section late, later life or late thoughts, he he uh, he thinks that karma exists. He uh, uh, leans towards uh, uh, being likely that uh, we reincarnate and that karma plays a role in that. And mm. he sees that uh, these archetypes uh, might be uh, uh, some variation on 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 karma as well. Interesting. I'll have to look into that. Machiel Clerk. Thank you again, ladies and gentlemen. His new book, Dream Guidance, Connecting to the Soul Through Dream Incubation. Thanks so much for being with us. And listeners, uh, if you're new to Spirit Matters, 
take a look at our archive. There's getting close to 300 interviews now with some fascinating people, some of whom uh, are household words, many of whom uh, deserve to be better known, but you'll find a lot of wisdom and guidance in there. And please hit the subscribe button. It's free. Everything is free and we want to keep it that way. And so there's also a contribution button if you care to make a contribution so we can keep uh, improving the technology and keeping uh, the platform free of charge for everybody. Again, thanks, Machiel. It's good to be with you. Any final words in a few seconds for our listeners? Um, I want to encourage them to play an experiment. Cannot do much uh, wrong. Uh, take one question tonight, do a little ritual, uh, try it. If it doesn't, uh, if you don't get the exact result, try again. Uh, build your own relationship to your uh, to the mystery. And uh, this is just one tool that can help you, whether it's on a frequent basis or once in a while. And I want to thank you, Philip, for uh, your interest and curiosity and energy you bring to uh, uh, this uh, interview conversation. I appreciate that. Thank you. I hope to see you in person sometime. Take care. Bye, everybody. Okay.